On today's show, multi-talented, Tony Award-winning, and Grammy Award-nominated actress and singer, Melba Moore. She talks about some of her hardships. I lost everything. I have one mm. daughter. For a while, I had lost her. I lost my career. I lost uh, mm. my husband. I was getting ready to be evicted. Wow. And I went to court to try to, you know, to keep my apartment. I filed for welfare. So I was on welfare. And she talks about her role in inspiring a new generation of artists. Everybody wants to hear my story because I'm the star. Mm. But, but now that I'm, that I'm the legendary senior star, I got to listen to other people's stories and hear what they're talking about. I have to mentor. Now. Yes. Like people will tell me now I have to be able to help them. Coming up, Melba Moore. You're listening to the 20 Minute Morning Show for Friday, July 17th. In 1990, Melba Moore recorded an unforgettable version of Lift Every Voice and Sing. Her new CD, The Day I Turn to You, has this new rendition. Lift every voice and sing till I NFL's going to play Lift Every Voice and Sing before each of the uh, season opening games for the uh, first week. What, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's amazing that the NFL is going to use Lift Every Voice and Sing now and to bring attention to the fact that um, African Americans are an official nation within this nation. That's right. what it means to me. I did some research about this uh, gentleman, uh, former Howard professor, who back in March of this year, he had a, a written campaign trying to get the uh, Black National Anthem played before college basketball games and the NBA. And it seems like the NFL is the one that uh, picked it up. So we got to give him some uh, props on that as well. Absolutely, because, I mean, it's it's a whole process that, that's had to unfold of, uh, first of all, you know, uh, African-Americans weren't, weren't allowed to play on the team. That's right. Come a long way. We still got a long way to go, but to some degree, it may sound strange, you know, having to prove that we're human beings Mm. because that myth was spread, you know, for people to make money off of slavery. Right. By saying, well, they're not really human beings. Right. That's right. And that was the official opinion. And I was going to ask you, do you think that playing the black national anthem is going to be a healing device of the racial divide that's in the country, because I know a lot of white people say they're going to protest the NFL games if we play the uh, Black National Anthem before, you know, the um, the games. Certainly there's going to be misunderstanding and there's, there's going to be resistance to it. And it's not the single solution to the the ingrained racism that's, that's been here for, you know, over 400 years. The basic spirit of it is, is everybody join your voices and sing. Yes, and tell us that heaven ring in harmony. We're trying to bring about harmony between the races. And every nation has a song that identifies them. Yes. And so do we. We're just bringing it to everybody's attention. Uh, everybody that, that comes to America comes from somewhere where else. And they all have a song that identifies them. That's right. And, and 
we're just letting you know what ours is because apparently you didn't know. <laughs> the Black National Anthem, it means so much to us, but it seems like for years we're still, as a people, wanting acceptance from mainstream society in order for us to be ourselves. It's deeply rooted, and it's in all the different systems of employment, of um, immigration when people come into the country, it's in our educational systems, it's societal customs or culture. There are different kind of unspoken things that make sure that the black and the brown people do not have the same opportunities. We're not just trying to find acceptance. We're trying to stay alive. We're trying to make a living. We're trying to get an education. We're trying to live. That's right. That's right. We're not trying just to, we're not trying to receive acceptance, which, how do you, you know, I don't need your permission to be a human being. Right. I need you to know that. That's right. I need you to know the facts. You know, we're not trying to be accepted. We're trying to go on stay alive. Right. So let me ask you, Melba Moore, in recent events, of course, this week, you know, Nick Cannon has been in the news about uh, some so-called anti-Semitic statements that, that he made. Do you find that you're coming up in the business and what's happening today? And Nick was trying to say that Jewish people have an inordinate amount of control over black intelligentsia, over uh, the expression of, of artists. Um, and you don't have to go too deep in it. It depends on how you want to ha answer this question. But do you think that he should have apologized? I don't watch TV that much, so I don't know what Nick Cannon said. I barely know who he is uh, <clears throat> because my life is really focused on something else. So I, I, I couldn't answer that question intelligently. I apologize. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. Well, let's talk about you because, um, I mean, your career has just been fantastic. You were a Tony Award winner, and uh, you were Grammy-nominated. You were four-time Grammy-nominated, right? I, I haven't counted a long time, <laughs> right. a few times. <laughs> yes, yes, ma'am. But being, um, you know, I, I was reading like you, you weren't like classically trained as an as an actress, and but your career on the Broadway stage is just amazing. And people were like, "How did this young black girl do all this?" Well, I have a Tony Award for uh, the Broadway musical Curly. Yes. Yeah. The, the role was of a little country backwoods girl, being African American. Most of us are from you know, uh, uh, Jamaica or, or Africa or, or other, other nations. And uh, we're also generally, uh, our background is from the South. And we know somebody that's from the South and I've been raised. My mother was a professional singer, but she was on the road traveling all the time trying to raise me and uh, take care of my invalid grandmother. So the only person that I was around was a, a lady who raised me who was from the backwoods of South Carolina. She never learned to read or write. Wow. And, so I talk like that. So I got a Tony Award for talking like my husband. <laughs> That's called being yourself, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, there was a play, uh, you know, that I was trying to learn how to audition because I really didn't um, get it. Like you said, I didn't have any background in theater. Uh, but I got the part because I was raised by somebody like that. I didn't know that you had sang background for Aretha Franklin, Johnny Mathis, and Frank Sinatra. That is, that's huge. Oh, many, many more. But um, you know, when you sing uh, backup on recordings, you may you don't know who you're going to wind up singing wow. backup for. Because I did it in the studio. I never sang for them live. Mm. I never performed with them. Isn't that that's amazing? But I was a, a, a studio re uh, backup singer. Uh, Ms. Moore, am I wrong for, for making this statement? It, it seems like 
back in the day, once upon a time, like when you talk about talent and people being able to get on the level that you're at, it's like you had to really have talent and, uh, and get in the record industry to be on, on Broadway. It seems like we have now settled for like mediocrity as the, the norm of, um, of talent. Am I wrong for saying that? Yes, sir. You are very wrong. Okay, correct me. Correct me then. I, <laughs> oh, we have incredible talent. I'm telling you, this. I, you should see some of the new Broadway shows, and you, you'll know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I I watch. I don't watch TV like I told you, but I saw Sunday's Best, and you know where they feature up and coming new or gospel artists, and um, I guess um, some of the. Um, Shows that have up and coming talent. I don't know what what you know what you're going by, but I see some people that have unbelievable talent, and and these days too, I mean, they can uh, dance and and sing at the same time. I can barely stand up and sing at the same. I can do one thing. No, I think you have a, a variety of talent, and you have a whole nother stream of talent in terms of. Um, DJs and uh, mixing music and making uh, um, arrangements that uh, actually create new genres. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think you know African American people have always been really, really, really creative that way. But no, the talent is is better now because now we have more uh, um, avenues for them to be trained. I think I was trying to think of American Idol and one of those types of shows. Yeah, uh, they get a lot of training on those shows, and and. Um, they have to compete very, very strongly now. I don't know how much experience they have in directing their careers afterwards because they seem to kind of come and go. Yeah. But I think that there's, a, there's a huge stream of great, 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 great talent. Right. And it's better trained in some ways. You have more ways where you can get, um, you know, uh, you, you can study your craft. That's right. Now, you're an artist of, uh, of great longevity. And I want to ask you, is there somebody in your life, uh, some of the people that you can name, um, that were very instrumental, the people that you will never, ever forget of what they did for you as you were coming up as an artist? Well, the first one was my mother. She was a professional singer. By the time, you know, I was a teenager, I realized that people that were musicians were treated differently by other people, yes. <laughs> first yeah. of all. She was very beautiful physically, so there was a, an example for me to look at to say, oh, well, you have to try to make sure that you look nice and special because people treat you differently when they think you're pretty or when you're attractive. Right. And she would tell me, you know, it doesn't matter how well you sing if you don't move people's emotions. And I, I started to listen to different people to see, you, you know, well, why was this one popular? Why was that one popular? And some of them, they didn't have very much talent, but they had something. And you try to figure out what is this? And I'll call it an anointing or charism. But, you know, music is a very kind of like magical type of uh, um, business yeah. or art. And, yeah. and it, it magnetizes and attracts people. So it could be a variety of things. But I, I would say my, my, uh, my parents, my, my, step, my, my natural father was a, a very popular band leader. Yeah. And my stepfather uh, um, that I actually lived with and, you know, was raised with, uh, you know, made me and my stepsister and brother take piano lessons. And, you know, he was very, very adamant about focusing and studying and getting our education. And uh, um, they they had um, the, the rehearsals in the house, and they were very popular bands. So 
I said, oh, gee, I, I, I like this business of being famous. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and they encouraged us to get an education and, and get something that's a little bit more secure because, um, especially during those days, I, I think it's probably still the same. Is You know, you have a job today and tomorrow you, you could be out of work. Yeah. So they wanted us to get something that was a little bit more secure. But um, they, you know, showed me that if you really, really, really love something, you got to take a chance. You got to stick with it. You got to, and 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 you you can't you can't give up. I mean, my stepfather was always saying, "Never, never give up. Never mm. give up." Wow. And my stepfather just passed away about two years ago, mm, so but he was a hundred and one years old. Wow. So I mean, wow. these are real hardcore examples, and I've been through a lot of really serious losses in, in my life. Yes. And so did he. My stepfather passed away several years ago now, but my father, uh, my stepfather was quite elderly. I tried to be there with him because he's, you know, really senior to lose your son mm. could make you lose your own life because you're fragile at that age. Yes. So to me, I mean, there's lots of people that were in show business or, or you know, that, that did great, great, great things for me. But I really, as I guess I I'm not saying you're asking me certain questions. That I'm not able to to, to go no, through doing things good. chronologically. Yeah, that's good. But the, the the reason why it was so important to me is because when my mother was a single parent, so I didn't have a family in the beginning. Wow. Um, I was telling you I was raised by a governess or um, a nanny. Yes. And my grandmother was an invalid, and she really didn't speak. So I don't know my family history. Mm. So my my first ten years. I really didn't have a family. Wow. I prayed to the Lord for a sister and brother, and he gave me a family. Yes. Once you have that, and you've been without it, yes. it makes a huge, 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 huge difference in your life. And you, you kind of gravitate toward, well, making sure, um, once once you kind of grow into, well, first of all, you, you do, because my, my, my stepfather and my mother gave us things to dream about and focus on and, you know, work toward. You, you start to have those things, yeah. you know, but, but then you you realize really that the, the human race is your family because if you've, you've been by yourself and and you've been lonely and you, you you didn't have what you wanted or what you needed and you start to get it, you under you start to understand you you need people. <laughs> yes, right. And you you said something that touched me uh, when you were talking about your your father and how he told you about never giving up because I think one of the things that people have a hard time. And I know I had a, a years of recovery because we don't know how to handle disappointment. And when I look yep. at Melba Moore, I look at a person of a high resilience. You know, you had to overcome some things in your personal life and, and, and that resilience. Talk about what it is inside of you that makes you able to bounce back. I lost everything. I have one mm. daughter. For a while I had lost her. I, I lost my career. I lost uh, mm. my husband. And uh, I was getting ready to be evicted. Wow. And I went to court to try to, you know, to keep my apartment. I filed for welfare. So I was on welfare. Wow. I paid the rent. But I was in a very posh neighborhood, and they didn't want welfare. He sent me it's there, so they put me out anyway. Mm. <laughs> but um, I got a call from a, a wonderful man by the name of Michael Matthews. Now, he's kind of like the predecessor to Tyler Perry. He created mm. the gospel musical play. Wow. Okay. And and went went and and romanced uh, and marketed to the church audiences and developed that genre. And uh, about two weeks before I was supposed to be on the streets, I was on the road in that play. And this man put 
$7,000 cash in my hand. Mm. Wow. I didn't have a, I didn't have an address. I didn't have a bank account. Yes. That's one small example of how people have come to my aid. I didn't have a place to stay. But fortunately, I was on tour, so we stayed in hotels. Ms. Moore, how did you feel when he put that $7,000 in your, in your hand? What were you thinking? Well, well, I mean, first of all, he had to take me to the back of the bus where he used to pay, pay us for the tour bus. <laughs> yeah. And, sh- and show me how to count it because it was too much money for me to hold it by hand. <laughs> wow. And I didn't have a bank account, so my little saints on the road, because they were all saved, showed me how to, uh, you know, get, get money orders and put it in different places and make sure that I, I had it safe, not leave it anywhere. You had to learn how to live differently. But these, these people, they didn't know me. They were artists like I was. But the, the, the difference was is that they were saved, sanctified people, and that's how... They, they ran their lives. You know, that, that's one good example. I have a, a new CD I call Day I Turn to You. Three of the songs on it was written and produced for me by Shirley Murdoch. Wow. She's another one. Huh? I was out there with, with this play, and I went to see her perform and talk with her and told her that I needed some some music because I was I was saved. But I, I wasn't raised, you know, Baptist or Pentecostal, so I didn't have any of those songs. Wow, <laughs> so, wow. So she wrote and produced a wonderful duet that she um, actually sang with me, a, a duet called Call Me. When you're down and out And you need a for studio costs and things like that. But she didn't charge me. She told me I could do whatever I wanted to do mm. with the CD. That's, that's I mean, that's like if, if you're a carpenter like Jesus, you, you got some wood and, and some tools to work <laughs> Go with. Ahead. Go ahead. You know, so you can make a living so you can put a roof over your head. But that's that, you getting your payback. You know, I like that scripture says, as thou hast done, so shall it be done unto you because you helped other people yeah. in their careers. I know one of the things that uh, you did, Freddie Jackson. I mean, yeah. used to bring him out on stage and uh, put him out right. front, you know. I mean, that's right. I mean, who does that? People don't do that, you know, because they're so insecure and, and envious and jealous. But you weren't like that. One of my favorite people that you work with is Kashif, right? You work with Kashif. Oh, yes. Man, that hurt me when that brother died. I think he was one of the most yeah. underrated producers and artists that never got his just due. Uh, tell me about quite, your relationship with him. Well, um, Kashif was incredibly, incredibly talented. 
and I'm still friends with uh, his daughter and his daughter's mother. I'll say that because they never really got married, but they were t- teenage sweethearts. Yeah. And uh, Tanya, her, uh, his daughter, and my daughter are like best pals. Yes. Yeah. Because um, she was like family. He brought Paul Lawrence and yeah. several other really uh, yeah. great songwriters, Lilo Thomas, yeah. um, uh, several other great songwriter, singer-producers to our company, which was then Hush Productions. Yeah. He was a very gentle, very very talented young man. Living for Your Love. Woo, that song puts chills on, on my spine. Right. He brought me, he brought me some really, really, <laughs> yeah. really, 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 really good music. I got real of what was loneliness When I finally made my heart beat Speaking of that song, Lala, that's the name of the young lady that wrote and produced that song. Yep. But he had a whole plethora of, of songwriters and producers that he brought with him. How have you changed in your mentality from back in your early, um, younger days to now? What's different about you that you absolutely know that you have taken a different mentality or stance on certain things? I mean, everybody wants to hear my story because I'm the star. But, mm-hmm. yeah. but now that I'm, that I'm the legendary senior star, I got to listen to other people's stories and hear what they're talking about. I have to mentor. Now. Yes. Like yes. people have helped me now, I have to be able to help them. Yeah. And I could tell that, you know, you're a straightforward sister. I like that. I like straight shooters. And, you know, in this age of the coronavirus, we ain't got no time to be playing no games. No, you don't. How, how have you uh, been handling this uh, COVID-19 era? I'm trying to focus. I'm trying to hear what God is saying because he's obviously very, very, very serious about what he wants yes. us to do yes. in terms of uh, focusing for what we want to be our um, destiny. Yes. Because, And you better really think about that because if you listen to the administration who has no care, no leadership, and no concern about you, you better listen to God because mm. you could walk out without your mask and not come back. Come on now. Mm, 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 mm. It's that serious and it's global. Hey, much continued success to you, Melba Moore. And uh, how can people get in contact with you, your website information, social media? Well, just melbamore.com. You can you can always see what I'm doing on YouTube. And uh, everything is going to be live for purchase on Amazon and all the, the, the normal outlets. All right. Hey, thank you so much, Melba Moore, for being with us. Thank you for having me. Yeah.